Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, the board director of Major Group, where I get a chance to speak, um, interview thought leaders, business leaders, people who are equally passionate about STEM, the STEM community, and promoting careers within STEM. As we all know, this podcast is supported by the STEM Ambassador Association, and so all of our guests have a common link there. I'm really pleased to have Mike Luntz with me today. Mike, um, he's become a friend. We're locals in, in Winchester, but alongside that, he is a global, highly recognised business leader within the world of technology, business transformation, change, and, and his passion is about adding value, adding value through technology, adding value through solutions. And his current role is the Strategy and Transformation Director at World Rugby. Um, I'm a big rugby fan myself, so there's a there's a common link there. And I think the podcast will focus a bit on the importance of health and fitness, um, not just as industries, but also personally, to make people as best as they can be in the workplace. So without any further ado, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and let's jump straight into it. So the first question we always ask is, tell us a bit about your story. How did you get into technology? And tell us a bit about your career history. Yeah, I mean, so I guess it started as a kid. Um, I loved just taking stuff to pieces. Um, I remember I remember taking a uh, um, a wind up clock next to my my bedside table clock, uh, and I thought I'm sure I can take this to pieces, and I did. It was brilliant, and it never went back together again. But I loved taking it to pieces, and that kind of took me through school and and then onto onto university. And at my heart, I'm a uh, I'm an engineer, so. Uh, I went to Newcastle uh, and did electrical electronic engineering at Newcastle. Loved it um, and really enjoyed. I did a, a master's for four years there um, and, uh, and really loved the kind of the foundation that gave me. Um, and then went out into the marketplace and looked for kind of my first role. Um, was fortunate enough as part of uh, the, the university course to be offered uh, a chance to go and um, uh, work with BBC. So I spent uh, spent some time down in Broadcasting House, right in the centre of London, um, working at BBC Radio, um, not doing anything particularly uh, special, largely running around and chasing after bits of tech that have failed, fallen off or replaced batteries, but great kind of introduction to that um, and what broadcast technologies all meant. Um, Shortly after that, uh, I got a uh, got approached or went through the kind of the, the interview process um, and uh, got offered a role with Vodafone. This is early days of um, mobile technology um, and uh, kind of jumped from broadcast into into mobile into a kind of cellular and uh, joined Vodafone as a fresh-faced young grad, effectively. Um, and the beauty of working for a big multinational organisation was. You're able to kind of grow through the organization. I spent a long time there, um, but did um, probably about 15 different roles. It was brilliant. It was great to be able to kind of work across the organization. And that was, I started in the technology function. Um, so very much kind of networks and learning something new in terms of, this was a new space. It was it was a growth, growth area. It was a small, port, small part of what I learned at university that came to bear as part of that, but largely was discovery of new ways of working, new technology, 
and how do you put it together to produce something which was really adding value to um, the growing number of people that were buying mobile phones, right? Um, back in the day. Uh, and, and as I said, big organization, opportunity to go from working in a technology function in the UK business, the organization grew to a global footprint and, and, and grew larger and was actually part of the teams that were setting up the group organization. So how do you work across 12 or so independent businesses? Great opportunity to work across multinational boundaries, work with uh, the kind of cultural differences between dif different people, different cultures, different ways of working. But ultimately, again, to bring, how can we do, how can we deliver a better outcome for, as it was, for kind of messaging platforms and uh, and the technology that's over the top of that um, across all of the uh, all of the all of the businesses. And then came back into the UK and business partnered. So I came back into a role which was effectively being the the CTO for our commercial business unit. Um, sat on their their board effectively um, to see and hear how things were being uh, directed around the business. Um, largely it was my problem to fix because technology went wrong, but it was great to see kind of how things ran and worked across the organization. Then from there moved into a product development role and ran the product development team. So working closely with the commercial teams to kind of realize through technology, which was brilliant to be able to spec out and define end user value. How, do, how, do, how does a as a user of a product that Vodafone was going to sell, really get it from purchase through to use through to, to, to getting help um, and really kind of making that customer journey work. It's great, great value. And then I had the benefit of stepping into and leading a big transformational program, um, which was uh, a very much a kind of right from the ground uh, up three large transformational programs. I ran a retail and logistics transformation right from the ground up as a systems, people and process uh, change to consolidate things together. That was my real first taste of driving large scale, significant change inside of a, a big organization. And then a bit of a pivot to that point um, into the commercial side of the Vodafone business and ran product management. Um, so kind of linked back to my product days product management for multinationals. So running a profit and loss line for these multinationals. And again, how do you gather the needs of these multinationals, consolidate it into a common requirement, a common need, and then sell it. And the, and the, the, the test of whether you've done that right was whether you sold enough of it. Um, a really good metric in terms of kind of whether you're doing a, a good job or not. And then I left Vodafone and, and set myself up as a freelance consulting uh, role. So I run my own business, I freelance consult. I've done that for the last 10 years. Um, it's largely changed transformation programs. Uh, I like to think of it as, as technology-enabled business change, uh, typically across the piece, or strategy, setting out a vision, setting out a direction. Um, I've worked across fast-moving consumer goods, so Racket Benkies are regulated industries in terms of water, advertising and media uh, uh, players. And I'm currently, uh, as you say, in sports and, uh, and entertainment uh, within World Rugby. So all very different industries, all have a very common problem in the form of 
we've got an organization, we've got a business that needs to improve. They know they need to move forwards. How can either set a vision and set a help them set a strategy and a, and a way of where they want to go and what technology could enable that? Um, and how do you deliver that through to value? And as I say, my, my interest is in really making that work, mm. making sure that the value is delivered. Wow. So that's a quick, from from beginning to end, um, story of me and, and kind of where I've come from. Yeah, and, and thank you for that, because I think we were discussing prior to the podcast, weren't we, where, you know, you, you, you even say, you know, because engineering is how you started the industry, but where you are now, focusing on transformation and, and, and strategy and change. And um, and that, you know, although you may not be hands-on engineering, it's that love of STEM that has given you that, that career path and the opportunity to then learn, develop, and, and, and go into, you know, big, big different types of careers. Absolutely that. And I think some of the core foundations of STEM from a, a kind of a logical thought process to kind of the, the problem solving that goes with that are all core underpinning skills that I use day to day to kind of, to, as I say, deliver value. Um, so whilst I'm not hands-on engineer anymore, I'm very much kind of still at the kind of heart of what I do and who I am. Yeah, fantastic. And so moving on, we also spoke a little bit about, you know, your, you know, you've got a passion for cycling and, and, and it'll be great to hear a little bit about, you know, how that started as even a young kid getting your first job, but how it's also been um, pretty in fundamental for you in regards to, to health, but also well-being. And, and obviously when you're dealing with huge pressures in working life and, and dealing with global transformations, I can, you know, I can only imagine the, the level. Talk us a bit about, you know, how that journey you know the journey from a personal passion of cycling and how that's really helped you yeah so um i, I guess a, a bit like my clock um i like taking bikes to bits as well so kind of right from my kind of first my first few bikes i was like yeah this is good um and enjoy the i see the tinkering the dismantling the repairing uh of, of various different bits of bike and um um was at the age of 16, so kind of confident that was uh, that was you know something I could do. Uh, I needed some money, so I walked into the local bike shop uh, in my local town and uh, and said, um, "Give us a job. Um, I'm sure I can help." Uh, and uh, as it was, Mike, the uh, the owner, said, "Well, okay, go go do go fix that puncture, go do this." And within uh, within a kind of couple of weeks, I was uh, installed as their Saturday lad who helped out and built, built bikes and repair stuff. Um, so that's my introduction was actually, you know, don't be afraid to ask and just go do, right? Um, but all the way through life, cycling, bikes in general, be them mountain bikes, be them road bikes, have been a really kind of important part and a really a real strong love of mine. Um, I've done all sorts of epic rides. So I've ridden uh, the kind of ride across Britain from John Groats to Land's End, um, ridden across the Pyrenees from the Atlantic coast to the Mediterranean. Um, and, uh, and every year, um, I organize a, a group uh, of guys here uh, in, in Winchester to go to some large mountain somewhere, um, uh, or mountain range, and I'll spend three or four days riding across it. Um, it gives a great target for the year to kind of 
focus on from a training, from a, a kind of a, a, um, a kind of being fit enough perspective. But also, it's a great journey. You get there, beautiful, beautiful, amazing uh, scenery, but also um, iconic. Um, you see an awful lot of the kind of the big major races have raced these coals, these mountains for years. And it's great to be uh, to be going over the top, even if uh, perhaps not as pacey as uh, some of the peloton might have done it. So uh, it's great stuff. But uh, and just to kind of link to what you were talking about, um, that's the kind of the, the enjoyment side, the life side of cycling. Um, I've found cycling an, an increasingly important part of not just health fitness, so physical fitness, and I know that I feel much better in myself if I'm healthy and fit, but the mental health side of that in terms of processing time and the ability to, to kind of get my head straight. So I ride perhaps three times a week. Um, a couple of those will be in the morning before work. So I get up uh, at six or, or even earlier and get out on my bike. I find that hour on my bike is amazingly cl clearing process to be able to um it's not blank out but it is to be able to process stuff to be able to just think things through um and you get off get off the bike get home stretch and get showered completely set up for the day um, and that really helps center and really helps kind of give that kind of point of clarity in terms of um uh, comfort and as i say just kind of keeping keeping the mental strength that I think is so critical in terms of the separation between work can be all consuming. It can take up all the time it needs to, um, but boxing stuff out and making sure that you're putting some time in for yourself, I think is absolutely essential. And I do that through cycling. Um, and it's a really important part of what and how I do that control and that, and that uh, uh, kind of comfort from a mental perspective. Yeah, and, and, and that's super inspirational to hear because I think, you know, it's it's not often talked about enough about the sort of the mental strength that people need. And it, and it's relative to whatever stage in your career. If you're a graduate, if you're a young person just starting your first job, you're going to have the same level of anxiety as whether you're running a, a, a you know, a multinational PLC um, as a CEO. It's, it's relative to where you are. And so that importance of of finding what it is to give you that mental strengthness to, to, to solve that. I think it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful description. Um, every day is, is your own hurdle, right? And, um, and the, the stresses and strains you feel are very personal as part of that. Um, and therefore it's not, you know, looking after your balanced mental health is something you do, you need to do all the way through that journey. And uh, like you say, it doesn't matter where you are on that journey. It's, uh, it's it's your own your own focus and, and therefore your your own stresses. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And thank you for sharing that. And it, and, and it sort of leads on to the nice, you know, the, the third part of the podcast, which is this career advice from any of the young people listening. Um, and when this is shared across um, the STEM ambassadors, it's you know, it is the most common question is asked is is how can I stand out? What can I do to to get that foot in the door? Exactly as you said about the cycling shovel, just maybe just turning up and asking the question, but for you, what, what couple of bits of career advice could you give our young people to get that, that fit in the door? Yeah. So I, I think I'd start with do what you enjoy. 
to do the things that you get the the value and the buzz from um if you follow that then success is is a lot easier it, it, and, and that kind of that progression is much easier um and, and so i've got two kids uh, so my wife uh two kids uh daughter and a son and we've encouraged them to do exactly that pursue what you want to do and and, and enjoy what you want to do um and that's their their progression through that process has uh uh, has now resulted in my daughter's now at university. She's studying um, neuroscience and psychology at, at King's College London. Um, and my son's just finished his A-levels and has been accepted to go into material science and engineering. Um, so not not um, a provocative process on our part, but they've both ended up in that uh, engineering technical STEM space. Um, and, and they're, they're following their own passion. They're following the things that they really want to do. Um, and I think it's so, it's so important to kind of, to have that grounding in something you know you want to do and you, you can add value in. Um, I would come back to, in terms of kind of career progression, I, I, I love the phrase, if you don't ask, you don't get. Um, so when you see an opportunity, when you see there's something that you want to have either experience in, or you want to put your name in, your, your hat in the ring, as it were, ask. Ask, is, can I? What, what would it take for me to be considered? How, how can I get some more experience in that space? Um, put yourself forwards, put yourself out there. And that means, and I talked about kind of things you enjoy, but also making sure that you're doing things that are stretching yourself and learning and that means being uncomfortable. So asking might mean you put yourself in a space which you don't necessarily know how to do, but that's the stuff that will grow and develop you. And as I say, you don't ask, you don't get. Um, so yeah, if, if there's anything to take from this, go walk in your local bike shop and ask for a job. <laughs> and I love that. That is such a, such a good, nice way of bringing it back because it is, if you don't ask, you don't get. And, and, and following that passion, you know, I, I agree with both those points wholeheartedly. It's, um, you know, life is too short to, to work with just a paycheck or to, to follow a path that someone else is dictating to you. But if you if you follow your own passion, ask, you know, um, have that, that confidence to ask. I think they're both brilliant tips um, yeah. and should resonate well. And I think the only other thing I would uh, kind of leave would be just to keep asking the questions, right? There's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, and largely that, those are the ways the, the questions help you grow and in themselves would unlock doors. Um, you know, people who ask clever, ask the right questions, other people who get noticed um, and get the opportunities because you're keen and you're driven and you're um, inspired to understand what's happening around you. Um, those are the things that unlock doors for opportunities in careers or in organizations um or more broadly in life those are my views anyway yeah fantastic and mike thank you time as always flies by when we're when it's such engaging conversation and, and for you to share your your career story but also you know that that importance of health and well-being to to give you that mental resilience and and the career advice it's it's exactly what you know we we look for in these podcasts and so for me uh, massive thank you, uh, massive thank you to Mike for being on the show. 
And to our listeners and subscribers, as always, the podcast is shared on the STEM Ambassador Association and our website, um, along with the Spotify channel. Um, so that's arrowsgroup.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for everyone uh, listening to the podcast. And a final thank you to Mike for being a guest. No, thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks very much.